Welcome back to another edition of Broomsticks and Butterbeer. I am Dan Rhino. I'm Jessica Rhino. And we are rolling right along. I don't know if we're really rolling right along. We kind of had some stumbles along the way. It's been a while. Yeah. I've been sick for like last month. I was out of town and we went back to work and there's just lots going on. Having some post-COVID issues and... uh as we record this, yesterday was my five-month anniversary of the last time I could taste something. How about that? That's a thing. <laughs> we're we're getting more depressed as we go along here on Room 6 and Butterbeer. Uh, available on all podcast platforms, including Pandora now. Woohoo! But let's, uh, let's try to talk about uh, more fun topics than uh, what's going on in the world right now. Uh, Jessica, you've got uh, some power at your fingers there. I do. Uh, since we're such a uh, an up and coming podcast, we from time to time will uh, upgrade ourselves, and we've got a soundboard now. So, what are you going to uh, lay on us here first? I got it all worked out. Got it all worked out. <laughs> I don't. I I really don't. So this will be a slow process for me to figure out. Uh, soundboards are fun. Yeah. You can. Uh, these are all uh, Hermione, Ron, and Harry. Uh, if you have anything you think we should add to the soundboard, please email us, broomsticks.butterbeer at gmail.com, or tweet us at broomsticksb, broomsticks followed by the letter B, no spaces, no underscores, and we will add it to the soundboard. How about if we uh, if we add it to the soundboard, maybe I'll send them a little, uh, little treat in the mail. All right. That. That sounds like T-shirts, a good idea. buttons, bookmarks, swag, stuff like that. But uh, what else do you like on that soundboard there? Oh, well, of course I like them all. Well, drop a few on there. Um, okay. I like me books and cleverness. Books. Of course, I like books, books and cleverness. Cleverness. This is classic. You foul and loathsome them evil little cockroach. Well, I don't really know when I would use that. Probably when you're talking about me. <laughs> no one asked your opinion. <laughs> I might use that one. Yeah, quite often. And well, what? <laughs> what? <laughs> that one's probably a pretty good one yeah, too. That's, that could be used in, in lots of social and is used in lots of social situations every day. Uh, last time we talked about Chapter Six of Harry Potter and the Goblet of Fire, which was the port key. Jessica, are you ready for my recap? Do we? Do I need to time it again, or yeah, you don't have? Yeah. Oh, okay. Let's just play. Let's just uh, play loosey goosey today. How about that? Okay. Fly by the kind of uh, uh, flying without a parachute here, swinging without a net. We learned what lying in meant in chapter six. We used it again in this one. And we also learned uh, about apparating. Uh, we also learned that port keys are random objects enchanted to work as portals to a specific location at a specific time. The Weasley crew, along with Harry and Hermione, are on their way to the Quidditch Cup. We met Amos and Cedric Diggory. Amos is very proud of his cool Hufflepuff son, but uh, also a little bit of a jerk. It's a bit annoying, actually. Yeah, a little bit annoying, actually. Bit Thank annoying. You. Thank you, Hermione, for <laughs> chiming in. Chiming in, I appreciate it. And uh, everyone transports into a big empty field. Uh, nothing of note really happens, and the story is once again not advanced much. We 
changed locations. What more do you want? It's just moving around. Like, I changed locations a lot today. Like, I got up. I went to the junkyard today. Yeah? I literally went to a, a car junkyard. <laughs> yes, yes, you did. Uh, was that look, successful? It was uh, unsuccessful. However, I changed locations again. I took the port key to the hardware store and found... My car's a port key? That's I amazing. guess so, because it helped me change locations. I took the port key to the hardware store where I bought a random assortment of anchors and bolts and uh, drilled a hole in a piece of your of your car. Oh, she was looking. <laughs> you were looking to drop. You were going to drop what, what an idiot on me? Oh, I was going to put how dare you, but then you were fixing my car, so I guess I, I shouldn't put how dare you. What an idiot. <laughs> So, yeah, I drilled a hole in your car, and I think it's fixed. I think so, too. Which kind of worries me, because normally when I do something, it doesn't work. <laughs> so the fact that it works here kind of makes me think, well, maybe it's just going to work for a little while, and then your car's just going to explode or something. I don't see how that could make my car explode. You don't know how automobiles are created or how they function or the ins and outs of them it's very conceivable that drilling a hole in a plastic piece of of siding on the the side of the driver's seat uh, paneling if you will uh, could potentially cause uh, catastrophic uh, engine events later on down the line i i don't think so cars have computers in them now jess they do they really do um, for Mr. Weasley would be <laughs> like the car, like when these books came out, like in the late nineties and he was like fascinated with cars then. And then now they got these like computers and stuff in them. His head would just explode. What? It's too much. It's, well, it looks like a little spaceship on the inside of most cars. Not mine. I don't have the super fancy TV I, screen like I, you do. I, do. <laughs> <laughs> I have a fancy car. That's because I make that public teacher money. Uh-huh. And as we know, if you're a public education, you're kind of rolling in the dough. You got, you're in, you got that Scrooge McDuck money. Oh, I, I'd never heard that before. That's why you married me. You knew I was going to be a teacher. You knew I was going to bring home the bucks. The bacon? Yeah. You knew I was going to bring home the bucks. I say, like, oh, I got to latch, I got to uh, hitch my wagon to this gentleman because he's going to be uh, pretty rich someday teaching public school. Well, what? <laughs> well done. What? Good job. Uh, chapter 7. Bagman and Crouch. Na 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 Bagman. And Crouch. Na 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 Bagman. And Crouch. Bagman. Crouch. Bagman. Crouch. Bagman. Crouch. Bagman. Crouch. I, you went high, so I went low. I, I wasn't sure what good to do there. That's why we're a good team. We were <laughs> if we were taking on some uh, intoxicated gentlemen. <laughs> I'd go high, you'd go low. Of course, you're a shorty, so you don't have any other choice but to go low. <laughs> Which is how I broke my car. Uh, the Weasley crew, uh, as we alluded to a second ago, up here in an empty field. And... On the last episode, I think that I had kind of read ahead like a page and a half. <laughs> yeah, threw me so, off. So now we'll talk about that. There is a pile of port keys 
behind the the gentleman, I guess, who receives them uh-huh. at the port key location. So they said it was just like random stuff in a box behind them or in a crate behind them or something mm-hmm. like that. So I guess he's like, once you've used it, you can't use it again? No, I don't think so. I, I like to think this it was a recycling bin. Mm. They had to like recharge them, respell them, recast it. Well, that's very green of them. I know. At least the way I imagine it. Especially that they're using stuff that's like already... Garbage? Like, yeah. It's already rubbish. Yeah. They're upcycling rubbish, it. you have a rubbish drop over there? I think I do. You think you have a rope? Rubbish. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> rubbish. Yeah, there more, we go. One more time. For okay. The, for the people, rubbish. For the people in the back that can't hear. Rubbish. That's insulting. <laughs> You're, this is going to be great. There's going to be like these long pauses while I search the screen. You'll get better at it. I will. You'll get, I you'll will. get, you'll get more accustomed to, to where everything's at that you want. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you'll you'll you'll, uh, you'll you're already doing great. You're already, you're doing great. Listen, kid, you're doing great. Oh, <laughs> just just keep it up. Uh, we learned uh, <laughs> where we're saying. Uh, so we begin a. Pa- the wizards are very green. Wizards are very green. Good for them. Uh, Some wizards are more green than others. There's a lot of green in this chapter. <laughs> with uh, with the, I'm going to get to the the. Uh, the uh, Obsession with Ireland winning the Quidditch Cup uh, this in this chapter because I'm I'm having a hard time understanding. Maybe I just don't understand. Maybe uh, some of our friends in the U. I know we've got listeners in the UK Ooh. could maybe explain the England Ireland relationship because I know it's I don't really understand it honestly, but I'll get to that in a second. But I digress. Okay, we begin a pattern in this chapter. Just at the beginning of wizards failing expertly at dressing up as muggles, trying to blend. What an idiot! Yeah, and it gets better as the as the chapter goes on. <laughs> I mean, these wizards—they have no conceptualization of how to dress like people. Like, I'm pretty sure, like, if I wanted to dress like a wizard, I could figure it out. And the other wizards wouldn't be like looking at me like I'm pretty sure I could blend in pretty good. These wizards have no idea. There's books that they could look at and magazines and, and or just walk outside. <laughs> I mean he went the one guy went to the store. He said he bought it at a muggle store. Muggles wear these. We'll get to that, I'm sure. Yeah, but, we'll get to that. but he still couldn't figure it out. No, couldn't do it. Wizards in this chapter failing expertly at dressing up as muggles, trying to blend in. We learned That's not the only thing they struggled with. There was a lot. There was, I, not a lot happened in this chapter, but I liked the chapter. I really had a very, you know, I was talking to my kids at school about seeing that movie in your head, and I don't remember any of this from the actual movies when I watched them last. But I had a very clear picture of the layout of the field and all the tents and where, like, the Muggle cabin was, where they checked in. And, and I, I had a nice little uh, scenery in my in my head. And I kind of, you know, like, where they went to get the water and how they came back, you know, through uh, Little Ireland to get back to their, uh, to, to their campsite. I really had a very, you know, good feeling. I think that's a credit to... J.K. Rowling for painting that that picture in my head. 
Uh, but we learned the term plus four. Yes. Plus fours. Plus fours. Uh, that's one I had to look up. I did too. I was wondering if that was the same in my version as the version you were reading, but apparently plus fours are golfing pants or trousers. They're those ones that only come to just below the knee. Mm-hmm. And, um, they're kind of baggy. Yeah, they're so they're barely below the knee. And uh, when I looked it up, the term knickers came up, Jess. Oh, nice. Knickers. If they, just, if they said that, I wouldn't know what they were talking about. <laughs> I didn't know what a plus fours was. So that, so it's a golfing term. And I know in golf, you you have like a plus or minus score. Yeah, and you yell for. Yeah. I still don't uh, get it. <laughs> I looked it up, but I still don't get it. But... Mm-hmm. I, but we digress. Basically, there's these huge fields in this chapter owned by muggles, and the wizards are paying these muggles for the privilege of camping on their land, right? Yes. I was a l- actually a little confused, because I thought that they went through all this work to find some place where there would be no muggles. And then I thought, oh, well, maybe this guy is just like... In with the muggles? That's what I thought, In too, with the originally. wizards? I thought he was, like, a, like a friendly. And then we realized that he doesn't... He's not, really. Mm-mm. And then I thought, oh, well, he's just, like, the farmer? And they're camping out on his land? Mm-hmm. But then, no, it, they were saying it was a campgrounds, and there was, like, gates to the campgrounds? I was a little confused. So, and, like, over there, do they just camp in, like, a field? That's they what, go camping? It kind of just reminded, like... My dad and confused. my brothers always go to Bonnaroo, mm-hmm. the big music festival in Tennessee, and they have basically, it's basically just like on this big farmland, and they have like campsites set up, so it kind of, I guess, the concert, big concert venue would be like the where the Quidditch Cup's taking place, and they have like, you know, camping sites next to it that you can rent. But, However, that this, made this, sense. This, That's what I was kind of envisioning. But till they got to the part where he like called it a campgrounds, and right. they said that there was a gate that they had to go through, and he's not and aware that there's, that there's a big Quidditch thing going on. He's yeah, just, just he, think everybody's camping this weekend. Why is everybody coming? They seem to know each other, so they're getting very. The Muggles are getting suspicious, right? Yes. So the wizard in plus fours. Comes in and obliviates the muggle. Gives him the, the men in black flashy thing. Flashy thing. And apparently this dude needs a memory charm ten times a day. That's that a, can't be good. No, that's exactly what can't I... Can't you just do one in the exactly evening? That's exactly what I... Or just one real good one? <laughs> well, like, of, just let it go all day and then get him that night before he goes to bed. And then he'll just think he just dreamed it all. Yeah. Or maybe he was partaking in a in a be- in a beverage. Thing. Yeah, we like put some some bottles on the kitchen counter that are empty, and he'll just think, man. "Oh man, what did I do last night?" <laughs> so we're framing this guy as an al- as an alcoholic. He's gonna go get help <laughs> instead of instead of just memory I, charming. I have blackouts, and I don't even remember drinking. And there's wizards, and <laughs> then I have these wild dreams. Yeah, yeah, I think. That might be too far. So I put in my notes that that can't be good for the functionality of your brain. And I'm wondering if there's long-term medical effects and that the wizarding community just doesn't care. 
It's possible. It's very possible <laughs> that this the Quidditch and not exposing the Quidditch Cup and not exposing the Wizarding World is more important than this man's uh, physical health and mental health. Yeah, it seems that way. We hear mention of Ludo Bagman, or Bagman. Bagman. One of the namesakes of this chapter. He is the head of Magical Games and Sports at the uh, Ministry of Magic. And you would think that as the head of that department, he would be very cognizant of the need to be secretive around the muggles. But apparently he's just running around talking about bludgers and, and quaffles and, and whatnot. It, is he just super excited or is he just not that smart? Um, I think he's super excited and I think he is kind of like, there's no way we're keeping this completely under wraps. So why bother? And we, we learned in the chapter, things get really out of hand. Like, yeah, have, have the what an idiot button ready for, <laughs> for, for drop later on. So I think he's just kind of like, yeah, this is this isn't going to happen. We're going to have to like do some major memory work after this. So why might as well have fun. Well, some of the wizards are doing a really good job of being inconspicuous. They're just regu yes. regular tents, you know, cooking normally on a campfire. And then we've got, that's not true for all of them. Though, oh, no. Is it? No. What were some of the odder things that, that we saw. We, we saw like tents with chimneys like <laughs> coming out of them. Yeah, chimneys, just odd decorations that wouldn't wouldn't be normal. Why would they think that's okay to to do? Well, maybe they figured like ah, we can just obliviate that guy later. Yeah, give him brain cancer. He or shouldn't be coming in here anyway. He should stay on the outside of the gates. He won't come in. It'll be fine. Be fine. <sighs> okay. Well, I love that, and this kind of flew under the radar, but I love that the Weasley Reserved Campsite has their name spelled wrong on the sign. <laughs> it's just its just the little thing that if you blinked, you missed it, but I just think it's very appropriate because they the Weasleys just never have the nicest of things and they can't even get their name right on the, on the campsite. So... My, other, my next question for you is when they actually set up the tent. Yes. And no, wait. we got to go back to the money. Oh, yeah. Mm, yeah. Back it up. Okay. <laughs> so when Arthur is, I guess, paying for his campsite, he has to use muggle money. And this dude is just so confused about how numbers work. <laughs> He's not confused at how numbers yes, work. Yes, he is. Because he looked at a 20, or he looked at a, a 5, I think. No, 20 and thought it was a 5. How? He didn't see the number at first. He goes, oh, I see it now. There's the number. No, that was the first one. Yeah, I know. <laughs> <laughs> I tried to slip it past you. That was the first one where he said... What is this? Is this a... Oh, no, that's a 10. I see the number. And then the next one, he just forgets how numbers work. On the very next bill he pulls out. So do some denominations of English money 
Like, is it harder well, to find? Okay, so this one has a big 20 on it. So, Jessica, here you go. You know that that's a 20. This one has a picture of an acorn on it. You figure out what that means. No, it's not how money works. Oh. It's got numbers on it. And he just all of a sudden, in the space of about two lines of the book, forgets what numbers are. No one asked your opinion. <laughs> I think he just got excited and thought he knew what it was and made a mistake. He knows how numbers work. I don't think he does. <laughs> <laughs> and this and this man is has a very high up position at the Ministry of Magic. And numbers, whether you're a wizard or whether you're a muggle, are very universal. That's one of those 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 things that just crosses, you know, uh, all languages, all cultures. We understand what numbers are. You know, I might not know how to speak Spanish, but I know what the number two is, and so would a Spanish-speaking person. You. <laughs> <laughs> Why are you acting I'm, very serious? You're looking at me very serious right now. I, yes, yes, he I didn't, am. He I knows what numbers opinion. are. Then why is he having such a hard time with them? You wanted to go back to this. I'm asking the tough questions. Because <laughs> I'm a hard scrambled, scrambled eggs journalist. But he just got excited. He's a very excitable fellow. And he was like, oh, I know this one. This one's a five. I mean, no, that's a 20. They said, "Are you?" I think the muggle said, "Are you foreign or something?" We've had a lot of people having trouble with with money, with money, because they don't know numbers. No, they just don't recognize it. There was a little thing there, maybe, and maybe I I mis misconstrued it, but Mister Weasley hands the muggle some money, and then he holds out his hand like he's expecting change, mm -hmm. and the muggle just like pockets the money and starts talking. Like right before he gets obliviated? No, he he got in my version. He gets out a little like tin box mm -hmm. and he pulls out the change, but then he doesn't hand it to Arthur. He's just standing there talking. Okay, I thought maybe he was like trying to get over on Ar Arthur because Arthur obviously did not understand how money worked. So like you know, like a a foreigner in a different country, like maybe you could like since they don't really understand like the like how much maybe what the conversion rate is or what the change would be maybe they just say oh no that's how much it costs yeah that whole 20 that's what it is mm -hmm. no i think it was more of you're gonna stand here and answer my questions about this strange gathering if you want your change mm -hmm. like it was a way to because that's why he started asking questions about it like it's really strange all these people showing up and then and he was talking about um somebody tried to pay with three gold coins the size of hubcaps mm-hmm I don't think he... I think he was exaggerating a little bit. That's big coin. That is. Like, and three gold ones? Like That's a lot for camping. Like in Ghostbusters. That's a big Twinkie. <laughs> That's a big hubcat. Well, Mr. Weasley covered it with a 20. He got some change back. Can you imagine three gold coins? That's... Maybe they're hollow, though. Like uh, some of those... Easter like, Easter, Yeah, Easter candies. Yeah. I don't know. So let's go back to the campsite. Yeah, campsite. They got the best spot. Good spot. Good spot. Solid spot. Their name wasn't spelled right, but they got a good spot. Semantics, you know. Potato, potato. You know, spell, a little, spell my name a right. Yeah, for sure. And and all the other 
maxims that we can throw out there. <laughs> bird in hands worth two in the bush. Early to bed, early to rise. Makes a man healthy, wealthy, and wise. Early bird gets the worm. There you go. All that stuff. All that jazz. How is it that Harry and Hermione, who both seemingly had, to our knowledge, had never been camping or set up a tent. Maybe Hermione, but definitely not Harry. They didn't seem like they had ever done it before. They just kind of, Hermione being very smart and very logical and, you know, kind of, you know, she's like you. She could look at things and kind of see how it, you, you look at things a, a, a different way than I do. You're very good in that sometimes I'll, I'll bring you in to give me another set of eyes on something mm -hmm. because you can kind of see how things fit together and work together. And I think that's why we, we work well with like jigsaw puzzles because you're good with like colors and shading and things like that and i'm very concrete with like shapes mm -hmm. and like how many little pegs are sticking out of either one so it's like a it's like two different ways of looking at at something so i could see how hermione based on what we know or what we think we know that she doesn't have any like not like a going out camping with her family like every summer or anything like that and Harry definitely doesn't get, never got to do anything fun, so he's definitely never been, been camping with his family. But Harry and Hermione are able to just kind of use just general logic through the tent pitching process, and they get it done. How is Arthur so helpless and so in the way during this <laughs> tent pitching process? He is he's struggling this chapter, babe. But he just gets overexcited. You will see this. <laughs> is this a trend? Oh, so I can't do it. I can't. It's like I. It's like the night before Christmas. I can't sleep. I'm just too excited. Exactly. He gets so overly excited. It's like when we take Nightwing lore coursing. And he gets so overexcited he can't control himself. And he just screams, screams until it's his turn. Throws himself down, stabs you in the back of the leg, bites at your legs, and he's just uncontrollable until it's time to go. And he's laser focused. Mm -hmm. Mr. Reese is kind of like that. He's just super excited to get to pretend to be a muggle. He just he just can't do the tent thing at, at all, and these two like, I guess how, I guess we're fourteen now. Well, he didn't really try with the tent. He just said, he kind of was like, "You guys are the experts. You lived with Muggles. You know Muggles. You you obviously you know like how this trying works." Trying to get in there and and, and he was using the mallet and he got <laughs> overexcited with the mallet. He had. He was excited to have a job and be included. It is easy to get overexcited with a mallet. I don't think that you know Mr. Hand. Weasley very well. I don't think I do either. He He's, doesn't know numbers. He does know he, numbers. It, a tent is not a complex, a, a complex thing. Now some of them, some of them are you know have like green rooms and stuff like that. <laughs> you know, like greenhouses. But you know, these are just basic, basic. You know, tents. It seems like you know it's like two poles you crisscross them through the middle and you kind of bend them and they kind of just stand up and he just can't do it it's like he doesn't have it's like he is so far into the wizarding world that like common sense things have passed him by 
Muggle comes. And, and you're like, thing. yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, is the answer. Well, so the so okay, I just wanted to throw that out there. The tent is borrowed from a friend of Arthur's, and uh, just explain how this uh, tent functions because it reminded me a lot of Doctor Who's TARDIS, and that it is bigger on the inside. It is bigger on the inside. Both uh, Harry and Hermione, like you said, did the majority of the setup for the tents, and. Um, they were both a little concerned once they were done and stepped back and looked at their handiwork. And like, we are not all going to fit in here. Mm-hmm. And uh, then Mr. Weasley went in and called them in and they realized that it's this huge, like, three-room... He called it a flat in mine. Mm-hmm. Um, but it, and I'm a little confused there because it said it had a bathroom and a kitchen, but yet there's no running water. So I just thought that was odd. Well, it was like a hand-me-down tent. A borrowed. Yeah, borrowed from... Somebody... Arthur worked with or something? Yeah, he doesn't get out much anymore. Yeah. And it smelled like cats. But the girls' one doesn't smell like cats, so I guess I could still go. I just have to stay in the girls' one. Because... Instead, it had, like, old old lady doilies and stuff. Yeah. Everywhere. Uh, So... Harry's, like, very impressed by this, though. Everybody else is kind of like, oh. oh. You know, the people that are used to magic, I guess, grew up with it. It's this is, like, the greatest thing ever enough. for him, though. <laughs> this is, like... This Would is... it not be the greatest thing for you if I said, hey, babe, let's go camping, and Absolutely. I put up this little little brown, ugly tent, and you crawled inside, and there was three rooms, and... Or even if it looked like a normal... Like, the normal size on the outside, or the matching size on the outside? Mm-hmm. It's still be impressive. I'm in. For a Let's tent go. with a kitchen and a bathroom. Let's do it. Yeah. Roughing it with a with a bathroom <laughs> and a kitchen. Uh, my my next question about this kind of something that we talked about a second ago. Ask me any question. There you go. Look at you. You're having a big show. There's an enormous amount of British fans here rooting for Ireland. Yes. Now we know that in, in the in the previous chapters they mentioned that England got smashed in like the preliminary bout, so they have no they're not even here at like the World Cup. Mm-hmm. So I understand you can't root 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 for the home team because they're not participating and they're not in it anymore anymore. But is it because Ireland is close? to England there's like just basically just like a channel of water in between them Um, Ireland used to be ruled by the the Queen until I think the southern part of Ireland is is a republic now but the northern part of Ireland Ireland is still part of the UK it's still part of the United Kingdom I just don't get it It could is there something I'm missing can you explain the the Ireland fascination to me well because everybody's like big, they're big fans of, of Ireland. And well, the Ireland people are there. Of course. And they're the big fans. Of course. But there's a lot of the English people, too. Yeah, but, I mean, it's just, I think it's the next closest team. So, like, if I guess the they're not US, a big rivalry. If the U.S. doesn't make it to, like, the World Cup of soccer, we would just, like... Root for Canada. Eh? Root for Canada, eh? Yeah. Or Mexico. Or Cuba. That's only like 90 miles away. There you go. 
the Soviet Union is only like 60 miles away from Alaska, so we could root for the Russians. But I also feel like, um, so like our main characters, they seem like they're like, I feel like Ireland has the advantage because everybody kind of feels, seems like they're going to win. So maybe that's like we're jumping on the bandwagon front runners, huh? for the front runners, and they're our neighbors, so why not? And but then they also kind of like, but also because they they're a couple of Victor Crumb fans. Bulgaria. Yeah. It's so like they're fans the, of him, fans but of not him. that team. Right. They would prefer Ireland. It's like I, it's like I, I really like LeBron. So like wherever he goes, it's like our friend Kelly. In, oh, uh, Kelly. Our favorite uh, Slytherin up in Manhattan. Huge Tom Brady fan and New England Patriots. However, here in 2020, Tom Brady has left the Patriots and is going to the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. What an idiot. There you go. Kelly, I'm sure, will appreciate that. (laughs) She's bouncing in her chair now. She said she still likes Tom Brady, but I asked her if she's now a uh, Buccaneers fan, Tampa Bay Buccaneers fan, and she said no. She's still a fan of the Patriots team, but she still likes Tom Brady. And I guess Rob Gronkowski is going to the, the Bucks too. So, yeah. A little American she's, football there for you. She's a fan of that person still, but she is still hardcore her team. Okay, I just didn't get like all the, you know, all of a sudden like the... Weasley boys are wearing like shamrocks, all you know, necklaces They're and stuff like at, that. Like, if you got tickets to the Super Bowl, uh-huh. and we don't have a team right now, so you really have no loyalties. You're not invested yeah, in, in St. Louis in our, any uh, team we, over any other we've team. We've lost two NFL teams in my lifetime. But I mean, just say we're going to the Super Bowl. We mm. somehow scored tickets to the Super Bowl. Did we? Yes. Are you telling? It's canceled it? though because COVID. Are you? Dr- is this a su- my surprise on no. air? Oh. No, pay attention. Okay. Okay, so hypothetically, mm. in pretend world, okay. we scored tickets to the Super Bowl. Okay. And it's gonna be, um, amazing. It's gonna be amazing. The teams are. I'm uh, throwing that away, picking names out and throwing them away. Um, the Sh- Chicago Bears. Oh, that is a team. Good job. Yes. And the Dallas Cowboys. Wow. Cowboys you, made it. Yeah. See, nice. I'm trying to pick teams that you were not preferential to. Nice. It's like if I said Bengals went, we have to go with Bengals. Yeah, you're a big fan of the Stripes. Stripes. So you you got these tickets. Mm-hmm. It's two teams you don't really care about. Yep. But it's the Super Bowl, so it's going to be amazing. Yep. You're going to pick one to root for, just so you have fun and can be like a part of the atmosphere and root. Okay. I understand now that you put everything. You you know that I'm very simple minded, and that you have to put things <laughs> in sports metaphors for me. So I appreciate that. And yeah, they might not be invested in Ireland, but they're going to pick a team, and sure. maybe the team that's kind of favored to win. We even do that when we watch the Super Bowl every year. You know, we root for a team more so than the other mm-hmm. for that one night. And it, maybe we don't like either team, but sure. maybe we dislike 
a team just a little bit, so then we'll oh, pick man. the other team. At Super Bowl, where it was the, the a couple of years ago, where it was the Rams against the Patriots. <laughs> my literally my two least favorite teams in the whole league because the Rams Sorry, Kelly. the Rams left us, and because the Patriots are cheaters. Oh Sorry, my Kelly. goodness! I had a hard time that year. I almost just you know what? Just didn't watch. No Super Bowl this year. But the commercials though, and the food, and the food, and the food. Yeah, yeah. that's true. We could just like brought cards to play during. During the game. Uh, speaking of Victor Crumb, there's lots of mentions and lots of love for this the young wonderkin seeker for the Bulgarian team. Uh, and I didn't have many notes about it, but I just think that it was worth mentioning because that's a name that's going to come up pretty prominently later in the book, if I remember correctly. You do remember correctly. Fantastic. I'm having a big show. Probably something we talked about earlier probably the probably the funniest example of wizards failing expertly at as dressing up as muggles happens as a male wizard named archie is gallivanting around the campgrounds in a flowery nightgown yes thinking this is totally fine and a he bought it at a muggle store they wear these a ministry wizard is telling him that it is not okay for him to be wearing this. Yes, muggles wear, wear these. Muggles women wear these. Yes. And at night when they're in bed. You are drawing a lot of attention to yourself that we are not supposed to be drawing from the muggles. And trying to get Art, old Archie to put some pants on. Yes. And Archie replies. And I quote. We're quoting here, guys. This is a PG show. We want art. We want young people to be able to listen to this show. So I'm just reading the book. this straight from the book. Archie says, quote, I'm not putting them on. I like a healthy breeze round my privates. Oh, Archie. <laughs> and Arthur works with this guy and likes him. Because he, he pops up later and he's like, hey, Archie, how's it going? Archie did not... Um, Archie was very fond of the the openness that the nightgown um, allowed him. Yes. And the freedom that the nightgown... I'm trying to be very politically correct right here. <laughs> so so we don't get that little explicit tag next to our podcast. Aww. On any podcast platform that you listen on, whether it be Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Spotify, Stitcher, iHeartRadio, and now available on Pandora. Sweet. So I'm trying to be very careful about this, but that's just what Archie said, guys. Mm-hmm. That was that was, it was great. It was hilarious. I pictured it totally. And, in my and Hermione mind. had to leave. <laughs> she well, had to leave. She didn't want to have. She didn't want to have any part of that. No. And honestly, neither do I. <laughs> I would have left as well. Uh, we also get a hint of a, uh, another thing coming later in the book. Uh, there are lots of Hogwarts age kids there, but. Harry, Ron, and Hermione do not recognize any of them because they don't go to Hogwarts, meaning that there are other wizarding schools out there in the wizarding world. This is something that we had previously assumed in the earlier books, but it was not fully discussed. No, and Harry didn't really even think about it. Like, it wasn't mm -hmm. on his radar. Yeah. Now that it is, he's like, oh, well, of course, there has to be other schools, but he just didn't think of it. Sure. So he was pretty astonished. Blown away. And that's going to come up later in the book. Yes. These other schools. Other schools. 
I love Arthur trying to start a fire with the matches. He is so excited. He was, again, he was failing at it, but he was having a brilliant time. There are piles of failed match attempts. You know, you try to, you try to, you know, flick a match mm -hmm. and it, and it doesn't pop on you. Alright, try another one. There are just piles of failed attempts at he's matches. He's like breaking them too, so <laughs> he's like trying. He doesn't he's, have the technique down, babe. He's over exuberant. <laughs> he finally gets one to light. And what happens? He drops it on the ground. Because he's... Oh, I did it! Oh, no. Oh. <laughs> he's so excited that he finally did it. Like Tom Hanks and I figured it, like, startled, startled him. He went, oh, Ooh! Ooh! and dropped Ooh! it. <laughs> he dropped it. I thought that was great. Uh, Ludo Bagman. We get uh, the picture in, that I have in my head is this. Uh, we hear that he's a former uh, pretty prominent Quidditch player. And he is walking around oh, yeah. uh, wearing his old Quidditch robes, <laughs> which used to fit him very well, but now that he is a little o older and a little bit more rotund, they are pulling on certain parts of the abdominal section, uh, yeah. not fitting as well. But he is just having a, a fantastic time running around in his old Quidditch robes, and he's hassling teenagers to gamble on the Quidditch matches. <laughs> he's hassling everyone. He's like a but bookie. But he's not. He is. He's got a little. He flip. does. He's got. A, he's he's writing out receipts. He's 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 figuring odds. He's like, I'm gonna give you good odds I'll give on you that. Good odds on this. I'll give you your payout. He's he, like he is Vegas. Like yeah. He's got the. He's doing the odds in his he's head. He's the old fat traveling Vegas. Yes. <laughs> yes. That used to be good at Quidditch. Yeah. But he did get the Weasley's nice tickets, so, you know. Yeah. He's, he's eccentric, but seems like a good dude. Percy doesn't like him. Well, that's because Percy the Prefect is very perfect. Percy the Perfect Prefect. <laughs> and Percy is very... So you think about the title, Bagman and Crouch. Two very different people. Mm -hmm. And we're going to meet Crouch here in just a second. But as, like, loosey-goosey as uh, Ludo Bagman is, Barty Crouch Sr. is very buttoned up, very proper, got the, the, the nicely trimmed mustache. Yeah, and Harry mentions that he did it perfectly. He impersonated a muggle perfectly. Mm -hmm. Every detail. Yeah. However, for camping... He was in it like a nice press suit and everything. Like he should have been going to work or to find maybe dinner. Came, maybe came straight from work. But he, the whole thing is we're trying to hide this. The whole that whole thing mm. beginning. We're trying to hide it from the Muggles and not raise suspicion. I think a, a guy in a flowered woman's nightgown and a man in a fancy business suit are both going to raise some suspicion. Those are both the, the, the same on the on the scale Maybe of not exactly suspicion. the same. But they're both going to raise suspicion. And camping in a field. Okay. Okay. Uh, we meet the other namesake of this chapter, Barty Crouch Sr. That's uh, Percy's boss at the ministry. Very um, yin and yang, opposite of, of Bagman, the other aforementioned name in this chapter. And <laughs> Percy is, is so happy that 
finally, now his guy's here. And we... Can I fetch you some tea, uh, Mr. Crouch? And... Uh, Barty Crouch Sr. calls Percy Weatherby. That's insulting! By the way, in this chapter, we've had an Archie reference. Yes. And a Weatherby reference. Both Archie Comics characters. Mr. Weatherby. Mr. Weatherby's the teacher okay. in the Archie comics. You're a big Archie person. I, you know that I, already. I hate Archie. Who's your favorite? Of, if you had to pick, this is a little gag we do, so bear with me. Uh, if you had to pick one character from the I Archie gang. I hate Archie gang, so much. That would be your favorite. Who would not you say? interested in Archie at all. But if you had to pick one, who would be the, your favorite? I don't know. Butthead. <laughs> <laughs> This is a little uh, skit Justin and I have He done. really asked me that one time and like really ago, pressured me like to give ago. him an answer. So I gave him an answer. I know that Butthead is not, I know that it is Jughead, <laughs> but he was insisting on an answer and I don't like that comic. I don't know. So butthead. I said Butthead because I thought it would be funny and well, now he loves it. He asks me all I, the time. I'd love a cup of tea, Weatherby. <laughs> That's not even close to Percy or Weasley. I guess Weasley. Weasley. Yeah, Weasley. Weasley Weatherby. There's W's. The the twins have such a good time with this. Oh yes, and the, this will never. The, they will never, will never live, go down. Yeah, this go will away. never go away. And then later on, Percy says something. They go, "Oh, shut up, Weatherby. <laughs> Nobody cares what you think." That is one of those things, that's one of those things, that stupid thing that happens to your friend, and you never let them forget it. Mm-hmm. I have several things of my friends that I, when are we going to let that go? Never. never. The answer is never. The day one of us dies is when we will let it go. Mm. Mm. But the other one's not. Well, the other one won't let it go, but the other one won't know that they didn't let it go because they won't be on this earthly re- uh, if they're a ghost, plane. though, they would still know. Ooh, interesting. Do you believe in or ghosts? Or if somebody else who was in the circle is still around, and then they die later, they could go tell them. If you believe in ghosts, tell us why. Broomsticks.butterbeer at gmail.com or tweet us at broomsticksd. Uh, there's also, at the end of the chapter, hints of something big, game-related big, coming to Hogwarts this year. So that's something we should keep our eyes and ears on, Jessica. The fact that there's... I I read the title of the book. That Victor Crumb was mentioned in this chapter. The fact that there's other schools other than Hogwarts mentioned in this chapter. And the fact that there's something big game-related being planned at Hogwarts later on this year was mentioned in this chapter. I think we should probably keep an eye on all three of those things. But, okay. <laughs> well, just go ahead and hit the, the but what. Well, what? There you go. <laughs> and uh, we also get a, another reference to more talk of the missing games and sports employee Bertha Jorkins. Yeah. Which is another thing we probably need to keep an eye on for later on in the story. Maybe. Maybe. And then uh, that's it. Quidditch Cup is next. Next chapter. We're actually gonna... Probably not. Oh. 
Probably not. Probably not. Nothing's gonna probably happen. Probably just like walk over to the field. Yeah, just I walk mean, over the field. They started. They, they was a big gong. Bumping or bump, 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 bump. And the light lanterns lit up through the forest. I thought that was pretty neat. Yeah, like mm-hmm. the red side and the green side, and so you know which which way to go in and which side to sit on. Yeah. You gotta separate those fans. You don't want them mixing. Oh man, have, have you heard of some, like some of like the soccer hooligan fans, like, um, like over in Europe, but also like in South America, like people die <laughs> at these games because of like fights that people get in, and it's insane. So yes, you don't want them sitting next to each other. Yeah, you gotta keep those guys separate. Uh, and that's it for Chapter 7, Bagman and Crouch. Um, anything you want to add? Uh, anything that sh- stuck out to you? Anything about the movies that you remembered? Any Anything before we uh, let oh, people go? This this part, this whole first several chapters in the movie is like seconds. So, you know, just kind of jump into things in the movies. Well, in this case, it's seven chapters. So far. And not a lot's happening. Yeah. When's when's uh, Voldemort coming? What? No, we already talked to him in the beginning. He got like a chapter. Yeah. There's more than he's gotten before. He normally doesn't show up till the end. No, he's normally living in somebody's like headdress like the whole time. <laughs> one time. Or, it happened one time. Or do, drinking unicorn blood smoothies and. <laughs> In the Forbidden Forest. So, uh, I I guess we're done then. I think we're done. Okay. Uh, Well, uh, no emails this week. If you got any uh, questions or comments about anything in the Wizarding Universe. Ask me any question. Any question, Jess. Any question. It could could be about something we've read or just any general question about the Harry Potter universe. Uh, you can send it to us, uh, broomsticks.butterbeer at gmail.com, and we will give you a shout-out on the air. Uh, tell us what you thought about the uh, the soundboard this week, and tell us what you think we need to add. If we add your suggestion to the soundboard, I will send you something. I might send you a t-shirt. I might send you a book. I might send you a, a pop figure. I might send you a, uh, uh, tell me your, your house, I might send you uh, a necklace uh, or a bracelet. I've got all these things. I've got all this stuff, Jess. I bet it'll work out. It's all, it all worked, worked out. out. You we'll send us s- we'll your ideas. Yeah. You help house. us. We, we will reward you handsomely. Um, I think, I think it's important. Charged. I think it's important to say that the, uh, friends of the show like uh, jennifer and kelly not eligible for oh. yeah what if their idea is really good uh, i don't it's kind of like when my dad used to work at coca-cola like before he became a, a bad lawyer and they would coca-cola would be giving away like a million dollars or something like that but employees it's in the fine print employees are not eligible to win family i i want to i want to say that like you know jennifer anastasia kelly Probably they're kind of part of like broomsticks and butterbeer crew here. Well, they play on our trivia team. Yeah, which won the other. Oh, shout out to our friends uh, Austin and Jack Floyd at the People's Trivia Company. They play live trivia every Tuesday, Wednesday, and Thursday on their YouTube page. 
the People's Trivia Company. They're California-based, but due to the pandemic here, they're doing live online trivia. And yours truly, the Broomsticks and Butterbeer crew, were victorious. Woo-hoo. And it only took us to, like, show 73, I think, <laughs> before we actually won a night. If you look back, you can find all of their previous trivias are online on their YouTube page. If you look back, you can find the Harry Potter including one. Including the Harry Potter one. That would be a fun night that you could do with your family. Yep. Just break, sit down break and... In the, break in the teams and maybe have along. like one like like game master or somebody who kind of serves, like collects the... Uh, maybe watches it in advance and knows all the answers and collects everybody's answers and you know, kind of have your own Harry Potter trivia night at home on the People's Trivia Company on... Uh, they're on Facebook, but we follow the game on YouTube, and you can subscribe to their channel and like their channel, and they play every Tuesday, Wednesday, and Thursday night at 7 p.m. Pacific time, so it's 9 p.m. for us here in the Midwest, and 10 p.m. for our friends Kelly and Anastasia on the East Coast. Yeah, they stay up late with us. They do stay up late. They're we troopers. stay up a little late, and Jennifer doesn't have to stay up late. No, she doesn't yet, have to she yet. She's always the last one to, to show up. Well, she's... Oh, well, it works sometimes. Sometimes, but last night she was just, just sleeping, <laughs> and she woke. She she said, "I think it was something like I quote, I woke up to just darkness, and I didn't know where I was." <laughs> she thought it was like three in the morning, and then she realized that it was only eight and her time. And Maybe somebody like obliviated her and like put a bunch of empty bottles Maybe. next to her, like you were suggesting. She saw something that we she did to this poor mogul. She shouldn't have, and they flashy thinged her and. We're combining everything. Yeah, the men now. in black showed up and flashy things there. I think that'd be a good crossover. I think that I, I'm sure the men in black are aware of the wizarding community. Mm-hmm. They just they just help them out when they need to. Flashy I would think so because and... like the wizarding community is like the least weird thing that the men in black have ever seen or dealt with. Yes, and I would think that if a big time you know otherworldly threat came, that the men in black might even seek out help from the wizarding community. You know, make sure that they're they're accessing all of the uh tools options at their disposal yeah. yeah it would have to be something specific because men in black seem to have a lot of technology and and tools and things but yeah then the wizards have a particular skill set they could be useful so uh next time we see you it'll be chapter eight it's all about the quidditch world cup a uh, shout out to our friend jennifer in california uh, shout out to our friend Kelly in Manhattan. Shout out to our friend Anastasia in that little town. It's a quiet <laughs> village. It has power now after the hurricane. In Connecticut. Yeah. And uh, I think that's going to do it for this edition of Broomsticks and Butterbeer. Thanks for downloading, listening, and subscribing. Uh, leave us a five-star review on whatever podcast platform you are listening on. And spread the word about your favorite hashtag Harry Potter podcast. Until next time, I'm Dan Rhino. I'm Jessica Rhino. And we'll see you then. Bye.